Hello, Clinnies. <laughs> Welcome to season one, episode 10. Rebecca had to hey. fix that for me because once again, I can't count. <laughs> I, you didn't know episode nine either. I think I it's think adorable. I think it's going to be an ongoing problem for me. I, I know it. I, the thing is, I know it because I make the like the cover art oh, and I type in the that makes episodes sense. every time. So. Now that the Clinnies know part of what my job, my, my very important role around here is, is I'm, <laughs> well, is I'm making to, the covers. <laughs> well, today um, we have kind of a, a mixed up episode, but let's first really get into do. like the hot topics we've been seeing trending. You go first. Okay, I, there's there's the one thing I want to talk about, which I already told you about, or I told you I want to talk about. I want to talk about that last because I'm oh. gonna go off and I don't want to go off right away. Okay, so um, um, then I'll talk about my so two. Go with what you want to talk about? Yeah, one of them is um, Black Friday ain't Black Fridaying anymore. Okay. Uh, okay. Can I just? Get, I we have not talked about this yet, so I don't know what your genuine reaction is gonna okay. be. But I think it's awesome. I was seeing all these videos of like empty Walmarts and empty Targets. And I was like, finally. Yeah. It's my opinion. Because I was one of those people that just got such an ick when I saw people fighting and shit at the stores. Like I don't I don't Black Friday shop mm-hmm. unless I already want something and I need it to go on sale. Like then it's online only. Yeah. So my reaction is when I Mm -hmm. was younger, I used to Black Friday Mm -hmm. shop because it was the only time that they had sales and I had Mm -hmm. like a lot of people to buy gifts for when I was younger, but not a great job. So um, I had to go sit in line for these Black Friday deals and stuff like that. And I would always go get the newspaper and get all the ads and all that stuff. And then Mm -hmm. now I'm like, I don't need all that stuff. I don't need anything. And it's all online yeah, anyway. As your, yeah, exactly. As your lifestyle changes, the need for Black Friday shopping is definitely changed too. My dad said something funny when I talked to him on Thanksgiving – or not Thanksgiving, the, the day, Friday. I had said something about how one of my sisters had gone shopping and he started talking shit and being like, you know, he's very anti-Black Friday mm-hmm. shopping or whatever. And then even though I am too, suddenly hearing him talk shit about it, I was suddenly like, well, you know, some people have to be able to <laughs> afford things exactly. for their kids and need to be able to buy things when it's cheaper. And so, yeah, I don't hate on them for going shopping when they have to have five kids at home. They want them to have a good Christmas or a bunch of birthday presents, like whatever you're buying that stuff for. Uh, That's so a I'm social still, work suddenly went on the right defense. there. I know. Gosh, so <laughs> triggered. Someone... It's like you. So I don't know. Most of the time, I feel like all of humanity is my family. So whenever someone just talks any shit, I'm like immediately at the defense. Well, yeah. you don't understand. Where you don't get it. From. You don't get it. I would spend my own money to help this family. You don't know anything about their life, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic for no reason at all. Well, I mean, that's a trauma response that we could get into another time. Right. Oh yeah, kidding. immediately. It's just. That's just my whole life of me arguing with my dad. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> the a youngest blast. daughter. <laughs> they, one time in oh an argument, this is totally off topic, but one time in an argument, and he probably just changed the way that I argued forever. After this, I, I went more silent arguer or quiet arguer because he was like, just because you can yell louder doesn't mean you're right. <gasps> wow. I didn't talk for the rest of the day. Oh, yeah. My mom's reaction immediately came out of me. I'll never fucking speak again. Oh, then. Like it was- <laughs> oh that is the, the definition of, um, I can't even remember it, but defense what, mechanism. Passive, passive aggressive? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway, anyways, 
Um, honestly, when I saw that stuff about Black Friday, I was just thinking like, well, yeah, this is what price gouging in corporate America gets you. I'm, I hate when people call it inflation. It's not inflation. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, corporations make billions of dollars and they just keep raising prices because people continue to pay. And that's the only way mm. that society can take back control is the dollar speaks. And yep. if we don't spend the money, then they'll have to change somehow. Yeah, because they're not going to make the revenue that they intended to. Good. Crazy. Good. Exactly. My point exactly. When I saw TikTok videos of people going down aisles of like stacks on stacks on stacks, I'm like, yeah. I mean, no one can go. No one can go yeah, Black Friday shopping. Expensive. People can't afford rent. Mm-hmm. Like Black Friday shopping is just not it. And also we're getting into a place where it just ain't it anyway. Mm-hmm. I was asking because uh, I think my brother-in-law was talking about going shopping on it. And I made a comment like, oh, you're not going today, are you? Because it was Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I was still – I remember when they changed that. Do you remember that a few years ago? Where it was midnight? When they were like opening on – yeah. Well, it was midnight, I think. And then they opened it like on the day. Um, I remember yes, this. Yes, on Thanksgiving Like it was like day. 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. And I guess nobody does that. I don't think. I, I could be wrong. But I don't think anybody does that anymore. So that only lasted a couple years, I guess. Thank God. When they realized people weren't coming. But at the same I, time yeah. too, like – they put their their Black Friday ads out a week early now. I mean, they start the the sale a week early. Because if if they're gonna make their money, why do they have to? It's just so throwing. I don't know. It just feels like you're throwing a piece of bread out for a bunch of geese. Mm-hmm. That's the madness that those videos from like ten, fifteen years yeah. ago used to look like. It was crazy. Like it was just so. Oh, it was just horrible. But some people really like it. I've known people that like love get it. hyped about love that. It. Love it. Not anymore. It's, it's not, not the same. It's not it doesn't get the same energy. I get, I get immediately embarrassed. I don't know why. Everything embarrasses me, but I get immediately like uncomfy. Mm. And yeah. I won't go home. I get embarrassed for <laughs> other people. It's like secondhand yeah. embarrassment. Yeah. But well, well um, anyway. Well, the other thing that's really popular in this um this go around. I mean, maybe it just became popular for me. I'm not really sure. But Monopoly Go, are you playing that super addicting game? Like the McDonald's Monopoly? I mean, it. What is, it what's Monopoly Go? Monopoly Go is an app and you download it to oh, your phone. And <laughs> Why did I think of McDonald's? Because they used to have that. Monopoly, but also Albertsons used to have Monopoly where you would like. St- oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. The like stickers. You know, I, uh, yeah, on the I remember somebody. At a grocery store over the weekend, somebody asked me if I wanted Monopoly pieces or something. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, and I didn't. I don't play that. But um, is this like Pokemon Go? Remember oh, when I didn't know Charmander? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, not like is that. Like because that? you get to oh. play with um, with like your friends. And like there's competitions on there. And like they just had this Thanksgiving one where you were like had to – you know, spend a bunch of times and make pies right. with people and you get big prizes Aww. and that game is so That's addicting. Cute. I can't even tell you how many hours I spend on that game a week. I love that for yeah, you. Yeah, it's like I I love disassociating on random it really phone games. It's unhealthy <laughs> dissociation because I spend too much time on this and I'm out of dice rolls and I'm not spending any of my own money. So you're amazing. <laughs> um, no, I I don't know what that is, but it sounds fun because I play random stupid. You should download I, I, I it. I knew someone one time that used to tell me um, because I had this I have this game. I've played it for way too fucking long, and it's a Family Guy. It's Family Guy app. I don't know why you like build a town and get oh, characters. It's they used so to have that stupid. for Simpsons. I used to play that. I used to play that yeah. too. I used to play that too. 
The Family Guy one is the only one that stuck around for way too long. It's like, it's my disassociation game. Um, But I I had a friend once who used to ask me, oh, are you touching the phone again? (laughs) And that's what he said. I, all I did was I just touched the phone. Because you're building your buildings. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're touching the phone. Shut up. (laughs) No. Um, I'm healing my my brain. I'm taking a break, okay? A six-hour <laughs> break. break. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's fine. Okay, um, it. But last topic for okay, hot topics. Last, oh, my God. Go I it. feel almost – I don't want to say I feel bad about breaking this up. I feel conflicted about it. But Matt Reif, the comedian, mm. are you aware I, of who he is? I know him. I used to watch his TikToks all the time because they were super hilarious. Yes. His crowd his, work is good. His fall from grace is insane. It's an ouch moment. Oh, my God. Okay, so I only, like, heard of him or whatever, maybe within, like, the last year. And it just like how you said, is TikToks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, like, pops up on my For You page. Cutie patootie. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said that. But, you know, like, good-looking <laughs> yeah. guy. He's really funny. But, like, he's got the riz, too. He's just got such charisma. Yeah. And But he's funny. Or at least the videos that I saw were funny. Mm-hmm. There was – he was on a podcast, though, a while back. And I remember the thing that he was talking about, he brought up like how him and he had had this girl or dating this girl and he thought she was the one. And then he's explaining like why they broke up. Mm -hmm. And the way that he explained it was such a red flag to me. I unfollowed him and I couldn't even, I can't even really tell you why. It was just something about the way that he spoke about her. Mm. I was like, uh, no. And it was like, ah, because I feel so powerful about my follows. I don't know why yeah. that's so ridiculous, but that's how I feel. So I was like, mm, unfollow. Because immediately I think that's going to take, take him off my For You page. And ah, there's something about mm. that guy that I don't like now. Was uh, it with the older woman? N- oh, I don't know about that. Oh. But no, he was saying, he said, I, I'm not going to get this correct, but he said something like, I, I messed up. But her reaction to my mess up made it so much worse. And right Mm. then I was like, oh, fuck that dude. I know that guy. I know that kind of dude. Fuck Mm. him. Unfollow. Because I'm a girl's girl. Whatever happened, I'm on her side. So I don't even know who his girlfriend was. I chose a side. Yeah, I chose uh, her side in their breakup. I don't even know what happened. Um, But yeah, did you watch the Netflix special? I didn't, but I watched the reactions to the Netflix special and they were posting clips of what he had said about women and like degrading women. And then like everyone's like, well, I used to like him. And now he is fallen from grace. And then he said, um, he posted like a reaction video. Did you see that? Fucking You mean how he doubled down? Yeah, and he's like, every other comedian does this exact same thing, and now all of a sudden you guys are going to be mad about it? And it took him years to even get famous. Did you – what – I just got so much. Me and my sister tried to watch – I will say tried to watch it because I – he was still funny. I still thought he was funny. He would pop up on my for you all the time. Um and then I saw that he was becoming like way more famous. It was all my stuff all the time. And then I saw the Netflix special. But then again, just like you said, I started to see all these reactions. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit. So I was like, I'm going to watch it. Whatever. Yeah. And then me, me, my sister has Netflix because I don't. And I can't password share. So I had to wait till I got to her house. Take um, Netflix. <laughs> I fucking, again, another billion dollar corporation <sighs> took away my my password stealing from my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I think we maybe lasted like 
six or seven minutes, honestly. Oh, gosh. I would describe myself as a radical feminist. I would not describe my, I wouldn't even use the word feminist for my sister. Not that she's like anti ladies, but that's mm-hmm. not even what she would just never identify herself in that way. And so for me, we both connected on like, it just wasn't funny. And it was like yeah. fucked up because it was the obviously the first joke immediately. The girl with the black guy at a restaurant oh, yeah, or whatever. I did see that. Yeah. Even if that was like the joke that he thought, if that's, let's, let's pretend for a moment that really happened. It didn't, obviously, mm-hmm. but let's pretend this is the joke he's going to go with. Him and his friend saw a hostess with a black eye. There's so many other ways you could have gone. Like, you could have got all Waffle House about it because that shit's hilarious. Like, she she probably has a black eye because she can't cook or whatever was the punchline of the joke. Punchline. Yeah. Uh, that joke's just been around and been done for a hundred fucking years. It's just not funny mm-hmm. anymore. And I, what frustrates me, because of course, all the Andrew Tate fans are like, oh, can't even make jokes. Women are just to have no sense of humor. Like that's, it's just also not funny. And women are fucking hilarious. So I would have to agree, but. So I'm just annoyed. And what I think is slightly funny and probably karmic (laughs) is how his photos from like when he was like 18 because i think he's young Mm -hmm. he's like 27 like youngish i photos of when he first started out have started to like go around the tables and he had like rough looking teeth just a white just some like random white dude Mm -hmm. just wasn't like super special looking and then i yeah i guess he got you know some cosmic surgery did some stuff with his got the veneers Mm -hmm. and you know worked out a bunch got extremely handsome and then suddenly was upset that only women were like watching him when welcome to the show yeah, brother. You made like, it this way. <laughs> yeah and also welcome to the everything that women have to deal with you're not taken seriously until you're attractive mm-hmm. so also he could have gone hilarious with that he could have talked about surgeries pretty privileged yeah. like he could have done so like we were all rooting for you yeah yeah because <laughs> he, he did really good it up. crowd work and he made a lot of people laugh mm-hmm. and it, he just was very mm-hmm. relatable at first uh, yeah, and now – and so maybe this is just who he is or maybe he succumbed to pressure and was like, all the men are making fun of me for only having yeah. many fans. It's possible. So I don't know whatever happened to him, but – Oh, that's see sad. Ya. See ya. <laughs> all right, let's get into it. Today's episode, um, we are going to talk about some of the requests that we got on Instagram. Um, two it. in particular. So obviously mm-hmm. there's more out there that we have, but okay. these two kind of tie together. Um, first topic is self-disclosure and, Mm. um, how would you handle self-disclosure in a child welfare or social work setting? And then the second part of it is social work stereotypes. Which part do you want to start with? Oh, shit. Um, you pick, I pick everything. Um, let's talk about stereotypes. I feel like um, stereotypes, well, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's something <laughs> that everybody believes that you do pretty much. Yeah. So as a social worker, okay. the first thing that you believe when you hear social worker is I take kids away. Social worker takes kids away. Mm-hmm. And I. Yeah. I Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, that's what I was going to say. i'm so bad at at interrupting um i think we talked about this like way long ago in my undergrad program when the social work club 
made a sign or something that said like we don't just steal babies mm-hmm. or whatever like come to social work um so that's so true like that's just but i think it has a lot to do with uh how we're portrayed in the media not just the media but how we're portrayed in a uh, tv yeah tv movies. movies the only social workers i've ever seen are the ones that are either working at a welfare office or um or at a domestic violence shelter i've seen that Oh and yeah, then it's very yeah, that's true too. The state CPS, they're coming in. And and the thing is they're they're either called DCFS or CPS in every show I've ever watched. So Well, because I think DCFS is New York. Yeah. That might be. I only watch and, New York shows. <laughs> well, and then CPS, I don't even know if anybody is formerly even called CPS. That's just like the population. Yeah. That's just what we like the That's population the, calls it. Oh, yeah. Because child protective service. Like it's just a generic, mm-hmm. not an official name, which I like because then you're not really talking about any specific agency at all. You're just talking about like the idea of it. I'll, I'll for the rest of my life, I call it CPS. And I feel um, like social workers operate in silence mostly. And like they don't. I mean, there's social workers working all over the world and they don't get enough oh, recognition. Yeah, or credit. They work in. So, like, and of course, when we say social work, last episode was about title mm-hmm. protection. So we're talking about uh, education discipline of social work, BSW, MSW, DSWs. Uh, they, I mean, you can work in just about any type of area. I think we've talked about it a little bit before mm-hmm. on a previous episode, like the VA, United Nations, government, sports, politics, sports. Sp- oh, the sports mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Hospitals. I mean, there's just everywhere you can work. So it is interesting that, uh, that they get villainized as the CPS worker when, as of last episode, technically, at least for one state, uh, social workers only make up 20 to 30% of the, uh, staff. Mm-hmm educated in social work so it's pretty yeah. funny that they're even stereotyped to be that job because they're not statistically yeah and like the 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 next thought that came to mind is even in mm-hmm. cartoons like um lilo and stitch Cartoon. their social worker <gasps> ah, yeah that dude yes, i love yeah. that social worker but he had a specific purpose <laughs> uh, like his role was to be involved with the family yeah, they don't. He, I think he said DCFS. Yeah. Actually, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to remember it. I don't know what he said, um, but like, just God, you know what? I love that you brought that up because that is now my new favorite social worker in TV. Yes. I don't, does he even name himself as a social worker, or did we just do that? Does he say he's from DCSF, so we assumed he's a social worker? I'm pretty sure the sister acknowledged now. him as a social worker. Of course, she says the yeah. social worker d- does everything that we talked mm-hmm. about last time of because they're from CPS, they're the social worker. We should have plugged that in, but... I know, I wish... Now, I I totally forgot that even happened. I love that. Speaking of that movie, um, random, but did you know that they changed a few things in that movie that came out on TikTok a few, maybe a couple years oh, ago? Oh, are you talking about, when it came like, to Disney the Plus? illusion, the... Op- the- where they change some of no, the things. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Mandela the effect. Mandela no, I'm not effect, talking about that. Yes. No, I'm talking about like actually Disney Plus. I think it changed like on Disney Plus because, you know, they came out with like the DVDs and yeah. the movies. You can't do nothing about that. But like the streaming, um, whenever Lilo, Lilo's the girl, right? The little kid. Uh, yeah. That's Lilo. Yeah, Lilo. I'm trying to envision Jennifer Lopez's 
voice saying Lilo in my head. Uh, <laughs> she's hiding from her sister, I think, pro- before the social worker comes over, CPS worker comes over, and she's hiding in a dryer. Yeah. And then, but in the Disney Plus, if you watch it now, she's hiding in like, I think like a box of clothes and the lid is now like a pizza box or something. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of people went crazy like, oh, you have, you know, snowflakes, blah, blah, blah. And then I think Disney may have made some type of statement and they were like, no, a bunch of kids were just hiding in dryers after this. Oh. <laughs> That's dangerous. <laughs> so we had to change it so that they wouldn't go into dryers. Which um, I totally thought that was another- a Mangela effect. Like, do no, you that's a remember? Real thing. I was like, mm, I'm pretty sure it was a dryer. No, the- <laughs> they actually they changed oh, it for safety. Okay, well that's news to me. <laughs> All right, yeah. There's another one that I saw too, where in the very end, the aliens and them are like all fighting in the spaceship uh-huh. and it's flying everywhere and i think it, apparently when they first created it it was a plane and not like a spaceship uh-huh. and they were like flying like crazy and then potentially like i think they might have crashed i'm trying to remember this like because it shows both scenes they crash and was like blowed up or whatever and i i think the release of the movie was going to be right at, like soon after 9-11 happened oh. and they were like okay putting it putting them in a plane and then crashing is like not a vibe right so- now gosh so like that, that movie ch- was released it, so long ago well 9-11 was 22 years oh ago oh so. my gosh crazy crazy to um, think about so yeah you obviously you change what the society makes you change things mm-hmm. um but keep going i always change okay the well so bad. stereotypes in social work i don't think we're ever going to be able to escape them because even if you tell anyone <laughs> in your family or your friends yeah. or even if you're at like a gathering and someone says, Oh, what do you do for work? I've constantly changed my answer because sometimes I get tired. I've lied so many times. Like I get tired of like explaining what I did or do. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're always going to assume that you take kids away. So if you say, Oh, I'm a social worker, they're going to be like, Oh my God, Mm -hmm. that must be hard. I've gotten that reaction so many times. Or the other, the other one is like, Oh, uh, it's like doing, doing the Lord's work or something. Oh my gosh. I've got that a lot. And you would think. Oh, I could just, I could never yes, do what you do. Yeah. yeah, no shit. You would think uh. <laughs> that people would be like, um, ask you more like, what's the worst thing you've ever seen? What's the worst? I I rarely ever get that question. That happens question. to me all the time. Really? Really. I get that a lot. I don't get that as much. Maybe because I change my answer so often about what I do for work that people are like, well, oh. So- I don't get it. I I didn't get it back in the day because I would lie all the time about what I do. And then like when people know you and like actually know you, then those people start to ask. I what did you you said what did you say? You just lied about anything? You said you were like a I, I would just change or my answer. I would say, Oh, I work for the county. Or I uh, um I help families. Or uh, got you. Instead of like describing exactly what I do, because one even if you say social worker, exactly what I said before is they're going to assume that you do mm. CPS work. Assume something. Yeah. And then you'll have to get if, into a whole conversation about it. And yeah, I want to talk yeah. about it when I'm off. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think I used to say, what did I used to say? I'm trying to think. I, well, when I worked at the ref, I used to say like I worked with refugees. Like it would be more like the population. Yeah. Like I work with. Yeah. I work with but families. Right, I say social worker. Yeah. Helping them now with services. People, what do yeah. I say now? I think I just say so. The other day I was saying like, "Oh, I'm a student," <laughs> just because like I don't want to talk about my job. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Well, I mean, you have several roles, so I guess it would be hard for you to talk about one thing specifically, but. That's true. I have like three jobs. (laughs) For me, I'm just like, oh, I'm a a therapist. Yeah. There you go. Then nobody has any questions to that. No, you know what anyway. the response is that I get? I went to like a, a family gathering and I won't like blast anybody, but um, damn it. Somebody had come up to me and they were like, I heard, mind you, I haven't seen this person in a long, 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 long oh, time. They're like, I heard you're yikes. a therapist. And I'm like, yeah, oh, no. uh, I do. Th- like I do therapy. And they're like, like, yeah, I do. They're it. like, are you diagnosing me right now? I get really tired of people asking me that question. That is the big, I'm like, oh, wow. I like, am diagnosing myself right now, wondering how crazy the situation is. And I'm oh pretty sure God. I'm starting to feel a little manic. <laughs> like, they're like, nah, but I've never seen a clear, uh, a clearer portrayal of projection than the one you just gave me. Um, <laughs> I'm like, no. Uh, I'm I, had, I had that happen with a family member. Uh, a few years ago, I had a family member. I'm not even going to say the relationship. I had a family member reach out to me um, saying a bunch of crazy shit because they're crazy. And I just basically said something back like, um, you know, like, I got nothing here for you. I don't know what you're wanting, but I got nothing for you. And then they said something back like, don't try to psychoanalyze oh, me. It's not so going to work. And I was like, clearly it worked, but okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like. The fact that you brought it up means it worked, but all right. <laughs> the title gets used against us quite and often. Blocked. Yeah. 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 That's true. Um, therapist is a good one to say. I like that. Because you're right. People don't, people are, I think, are immediately afraid of being diagnosed. Therapized. Or if <laughs> yeah, you're diagnosed. in a conversation with someone and you're being your true, genuine self and they're like, I can't believe you're acting like a social worker or you're acting like a therapist. And I'm like, oh. what do they act like? I'm pretty sure they're not saying like bad words. Like, what do they act like? Yeah, that ha- that that happened to me over the weekend. I was responding to somebody the way that I felt like was a genuine reaction. Because for one, the education and experience of social worker does like just change you. Mm-hmm. Like you become more empathetic and understanding and you get that there's so many different perspectives and different sides and, oh, okay. So yeah. uncle just yelled at you in the kitchen, but did you know that he's going through blah, blah, blah? Like, yeah. I mean, you just become, you know, more understanding. And I got that same thing over the weekend too. It's not I was my just fault. My communication free- got better and yours didn't. So I'll just say. Oh my God. <laughs> Period. Like, yeah, just because I can speak, <laughs> I was talking about forgiveness over and I'm like, well, and then I just kind of brought up, you know, different sides to something. And it was like, why are you being a therapist? Well, because y'all need it and I'm giving it for free. Yeah, How about first that? of all, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, um, um, that's pretty much but, but stereotyped. stereotyped. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's hard. My one of my second favorites. Now that we've brought up Lilo, um, one of my second favorite social workers was. I think there's two, but I think the second one might be a teacher. Did you ever see Precious? Mm, no. Mm-mm. Are you fucking I serious? I probably should. Isn't that like a social work like requirement to see that movie? I didn't do it. I uh, failed. I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I was required to watch it, but I watched it. Um, it did come out, I think, when I was in college. Um, oh my god, dude! Mariah Carey is a welfare social worker, and damn, performance of a lifetime. Wow, I cried 
several different times in that movie. Um, and then there's a teacher, but I feel – no, she's not a social worker because I think she even says something about how I'm a teacher. I'm not, I'm not a social worker. What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Like she even makes that comment. But she should have she been a social worker. Um, but it's rough, man. It's You see definitely very much two different sides mm-hmm. because – let's just get into it for a second. Mariah Carey is – like honestly, what I th- wish I could be. She was – so great. She has to have this conversation with mom, mm-hmm. who's Monique, and then Precious, the daughter. And uh, it's rough. There's a lot of abuse that that Precious girl went through. And at this time in the movie, I think she's like 16 or 17. She's already had two kids by her father. Oh, my by gosh. Her biological father. Yes. And so um, the mom, because the mom, I think, I think got maybe like guardianship over like one of the kids. And um, was getting like checks for the kids, mm-hmm. and so she's just you know. But really, grandma, like great grandma, is the one who like has the, the little girl. It, there's so much to unpack. But um, when they're going over it, and it's this pivotal scene in the movie, mm-hmm. and Monique just goes on this this speech about basically how Precious had been abused, but more like I don't want to say explaining but it felt like a, a, her own reasonings as to why things happened mm-hmm. and it was so brutal and so honest mm-hmm. Do it gives me i mean i don't even know if she won any awards for that but she should have won all of them um she at one says something this is going to get a little graphic trigger warning because she says something at one point like what was she supposed to do why didn't her man want her he wanted her baby Oh, and he'd been geez. her husband had been abusing their daughter since she was a young child and like her her vulnerability in that moment of just like being raw and explaining like she was jealous over her baby and it was so bad so she knew about it and then because in the movie you get this there's a scene in it where i remember being like wait mm-hmm. and i thought is the mom sexually abusing her too like it was kind of iffy in the movie and then she kind of says something in this thing when she's going off to mariah carey the social mm-hmm. worker and says something like um well what was what was i supposed to do who was gonna love me i needed love too oh and it's just oh, so fucked up. that's a lot Ryan, of like dude you gotta watch the movie it, it may i mean i think i threw up after i watched the movie to be honest because it, it, it makes you feel you know upset but mariah carey like looks away at one point and just tears are streaming down her face and that's happened to me not that exact scene Mm -hmm. but i've been in that type of situation and i've not been able to hold back either and she was trying so hard to be like hard Mm -hmm. you know and like no you can explain it to me like she was such a bad bitch in this scene and then she just she totally breaks and the tears start falling and she looks away like tries to like wipe her face it's that and vulnerability. It's crazy, man. Like that. That's the portrayal social of social work because that's we're social people, worker. right? And like we have yeah. all these emotions to the same things that people go yeah. through. Well, cuz there's so often, especially let I mean let's just talk about the villainization that happens in TV and in movies. So often, it's just you're either this super softy, angelic social worker who just you know, Snow White basically sing this. You sing mm-hmm. endears, you know, 
make your bed and the mice are making your dress. Yeah. And it's either a Disney princess or you're this horrible villain mm-hmm. who doesn't destroys care about anybody families. being abused, destroys families, lets kids get hurt, lets people use drugs, like all yeah. these horrible things. And it's just that ain't that ain't it, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's not real life. Real life is it's so difficult to do it, to do the work. And the worst villainization is when we get talked about or, or seen as unfeeling. Mm-hmm. Because I I wear it home every day. I mean, I don't know a single social worker that doesn't have nightmares, that doesn't Same. constantly stress and think about it all the mm-hmm. time. Think about, you know, your patients or your clients or what they're going through. And and if you think that courses. I haven't cried on the job, oh my that's God, yeah. insane. I've had so many things that have made, hit me in the feels it's, pretty much. Yeah. And you know what? I think that's, Let's talk about that because that's a really great transition into self-disclosure because crying alone is a very delicate thing to do mm-hmm. and something I've, I have forced myself like hurt, you know, like how you can like tighten your face and like, don't yeah. you fucking dare cry. I've had to do that way too many times because sometimes if you cried, it's going to fuck it up. Like yes. if a kid is telling me this horrible thing that they went through and I'm crying. I can't show the pain on my face. Like they're in pain. It's not my pain. And so you do have to hold it in. And then there's times when potentially crying with someone in an empathetic way Mm -hmm. would be very healing. And I think that is kind of rolls into self-disclosure and And how much do you do appropriate yeah so you tell me yours what do you how do you feel well actually you know what let's let me read like a little definition that i have um self-disclosure is an aspect of communication that involves intentionally sharing personal information about ourselves with another person in a client situation information that others generally could not know without us sharing Mm. So it's a lot of vulnerability and revealing yourself to client. I remember when I was a first baby social worker and I would like go shadow people. Um, There was one particular person who mentored me and they were like, do not share anything about yourself Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't want posted on the news or in social media. You have to be very (sighs) careful what you share. And sometimes the questions that clients ask are not going to be relevant to the treatment. So like I had a lot of people Mm. ask me, do you have kids of your own? You probably don't Mm. know, understand what I'm going through because I don't know if you have kids of your own. Are you married? Are you this? Like things that would, um, that are challenging to navigate. Mm -hmm. And at first, Mm -hmm. when I first started getting these questions, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know how to respond to these people because one, my life's complicated. And two, um, I'm never going to share that with you. There's no relevancy Mm. to me being able to share that information with you. So I got good at asking why. So when they would ask me that question, I would say in response, will this information change the way that you feel about your child or change the way you feel about Mm. your services or change the way you feel about your parents? Because if it doesn't, then it has no importance to you at all. And and then I, I would, think that's a real. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. I interrupted you. Go ahead. Then I would just follow through with um, 
tell me what's going through your head right now. Why is this coming up? And then it totally shifted the conversation every single time. No, yeah. Because that question or those types of questions, like who are you to say, who are you to judge me kind of thing Mm -hmm. is where that really means. Um, And I think what's really good about that is the intention behind. It's like, but why do do you want to know that? Mm -hmm. What is it going to change? I have seen it where that question has been asked. Well, do you even have kids? Because I think a lot of people just immediately assume social workers don't have kids. And I think it's because so many are younger, especially it's um, like in protective services. So many are young from the, you know, new from college. And so that assumption is immediately made on them. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've seen that go back and then the worker be like, yeah. And I mean, so then nothing changed and it's like, oh. So now I gotta find a way. Like, no, but <laughs> like, yeah. um, like that wasn't. Sometimes I, I've seen that question be asked and in a manipulative manner, mm-hmm. but then I've seen that question be asked almost in a way of like desperation. Yeah, like an outcry. Mm-hmm. Like, can you please understand what I'm going through? Do we have this in in common? Do we have this alignment? Do we have something? I've seen it be asked both ways. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it's, I think it's, I don't know what I think. Fuck, that's hard. I think self-disclosure um, is good in certain situations that you feel mm-hmm. it's going to be healing and helping to the client. Now in child welfare, that's very, that's a very thin line for me um, because mm-hmm. you're dealing with families that you potentially are going to get involved with further than just investigating the allegations or anything like that. And do you want that stuff talked about like during the life of your case? You mentioned something earlier. I want you to share it again. What what someone told you one time. Oh, yeah. I think when you – certain types of jobs that we can have in human services are like overseen by courts. And I think um, if you are going to share something about yourself in those types of situations, unless you're prepared for the to for it to be said out loud in court, mm-hmm. then you probably shouldn't share it. Is yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you, you, uh, your life and whatever disclosure you make is going to yeah. be put under a spotlight too. So it's really yeah. good, even in therapy. I mean, as therapist, there is some some amount of self disclosure if it's helpful mm-hmm. to the client. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think I've asked you this on the pod before, but you watched Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. I watched that. I haven't watched it in a couple years, but there is a scene where there's like a character. I think there's a few characters with substance use issues Mm -hmm. and they go to like AA or something. And there's one character who is maybe like a brain surgeon or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know her name, but she's like a brain surgeon. And she has Dr. Shepard, an opiate. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. She had like an opiate problem or something. Opiates. Um, and she's like treating someone and then all of a sudden the daughter of the person that she's treating is like yelling at her and it says something and she like tells – because I think they go to AA together and she yells something like in front of everyone and it's like she can't operate. She – she her fiance overdosed or something. Mm-hmm. She like full Put her on puts blast. her shit out yeah. there. Way put her on blast to stuff. Obviously AA is anonymous, mm-hmm. but way puts her on blast to the whole hospital and says a bunch of shit about her. Um, and it's so to me, not to, not to take away what that person went to, but to me, self-disclosure has to be purposeful in that sense. Because if you were to give someone some type of super specific personal information about yourself, 
Are you going to be comfortable with how that information is used later? Mm -hmm. Am I going to be comfortable going to a doctor or working with a doctor? And they told me like, oh, like if I tell them, oh, um, I used to have a heroin issue. Obviously, I've never had a heroin issue. But mm-hmm. let's say I say that. And they're like, oh, yeah, same. I totally get what you're going through. Do I want to see them for medical services? I would not. Me personally? No. Somebody exactly. else? Maybe they want to. Exactly. So self-disclosure works differently for different people. Researchers are actually wanting us to call it willful disclosure. That would make sense because because you're giving the information from your own free will, not because it was required of you. And I think it's, I like that terminology too, because, um, well, for disclosure, like it's like purposeful, Mm -hmm. purposeful disclosure. There's been times I've done it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. um, Me too. But I think it has to do with, that has to be the right moment. It has to be the right patient or the right client. Mm -hmm. And our intention. I've seen it happen when I've seen, when I think for what, there's a million probably examples of when it's inappropriate. But one thing I do think it's utilized in an inappropriate setting is if you're trying to, how do I say this? Um, Convince. If you're trying to convince someone that you know what you're Mm -hmm. doing and not in the way like, in an alignment way, like, no, I promise I can treat you or something like that. Like, Mm -hmm. I I know this will be helpful for you because this was helpful for me. Not like that. But when I've seen it be like, you don't understand, you could never understand, fuck off, that kind of thing. And then it's used almost, it's like weaponizing your self-disclosure. And I could see that. So in a way, to me, suddenly that becomes manipulative. Yeah. You know what? I've so seen that a lot a- when I would shadow people or come in contact with new new hires. They have a really hard time mm. navigating that kind of disclosure. Yeah. I mean, if I were to, if, if the goal of this is to give one, one opinion or the other for the pod, if I were to give any type of advice in regards to self-disclosure or willful disclosure, I would say absolutely stay away from it for mm-hmm. several years of working in the field so that way you can gain a sense of experience and potentially watch others, but then you can learn what would and would not have been Mm -hmm. appropriate. And just Um, limit what you say. And it's not, you don't have to go on to a full story about who you married, how many kids you have, what medication you take, which I've seen before, which is really off the wall, but, um, you, you're not there for you. You're there for the client. And so if the client is asking you for self-disclosure, you need to be very mindful of what they're asking and why they're asking it. Mm -hmm. I, it's so interesting because there are certain niche is not the right term, but there are certain jobs Mm -hmm. in human services and in social work where that self-disclosure is imperative to your job. For Mm -hmm. instance, substance abuse counselors. Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, people that lead groups in AA, yep. they have to say, and that because it's like such a buy-in with the people that they work with. And I don't know why there's only those certain groups, because there's some, there's some parts of self-disclosure that would be unethical in the social work world. Well, they have a specific like function. It, so the substance abuse mm, treatment, yeah. people have a specific function. Go. And so they have to 
have some sort of alignment. Otherwise, they're going to lose people from treatment. Mm -hmm. But as far as like working in child protection, not everybody's had their kids taken away. Yeah, they're very true. So, you know, yeah, it's it's interesting because even like therapists now, especially nowadays, um, you get put on, you know, whatever website or whatever your clinic does. Mm -hmm. Oh, pardon me. My goodness. Yawn. Um, But you will have to fill out like a not a not a questionnaire, but like a information about yourself. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Because that's a kind of a lot of self-disclosure. You can put your your race, your religion, your sexuality, your gender. Well, now I'm selling uh, myself. <laughs> like, that's well, a whole different well, yeah, type of so, self-disclosure. Well, yeah, but like it's so much self-disclosure. And then – but uh, for the purpose of – someone reading about you and thinking like, are they going to know where I'm coming from? Are they going to have any understanding about me? But so it's the same concept and the same idea as the, as people questioning in like a CPS world of like, do you have any kids? Do you understand where I'm coming from? Mm -hmm. In therapy, we see clearly how important that is because we put it on our profiles as being a therapist. Yeah, but I could could see that. But people, this is information I feel like that people would Mm-hmm. Um, find out about you anyway, like your credentials, where you went to school, um, where you're located, if you're a male or some female. Of those, well, some of those stuff of uh, the profiles they ask religiously if what your religious affiliation is um, to attract the clients who are. Yeah, if that's something Different. important to a client, and they only want to see a person, you know, with the, of the same faith or of a specific faith. Um, for the queer community, if they only want to see someone who is in their community is going to know where they're coming mm-hmm. from. I mean, they're, it, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. And so I have some, some clients that we do. They definitely know things about me because I've had to, you know, now I don't want to say a line, but there are certain things that you acknowledge, you know, you and then there's just certain it's like if you know you know and if you know then that means that you know <laughs> and so so i have some clients i definitely have some clients yeah um that know that i know <laughs> so i mean i guess so i guess a, this is a different form of self-disclosure because you're building trust and rapport in a different way like they're reading your yeah, profile definitely. and they're like oh okay i would align with her i think I, she would understand yeah. me but it's different in different mm-hmm. settings i think so for sure. Like, cause in that kind of situation, it's appropriate because it has to do with their treatment. Mm-hmm. And I mean, building, building rapport with a therapist is, it's so difficult Vital. to do and yet so important. Yeah. yeah. Hope, I mean, dealing with rapport with other types of social workers that you might encounter with. I mean, I hope you do, but it's not necessarily mm-hmm. vital. It's, it's, it's good for yourself yeah. and it would probably make life easier but if you if you don't have trust with your therapist and you're not going to go anywhere yeah but you may you may always have mistrust a little bit with someone who took your kids away man the different roles and the different self-disclosure i mean i guess the only advice we really have to offer is just be careful what you disclose especially in the setting that you're working in well and i think we went over this a lot whenever we were talking about um the episode where we're talking about working harder within your client. And I said, like, you just need to question your own thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I would say that same thing about willful disclosure is if you want to, you need to really question your intention and the purpose of it. Who is it going to help? 
Who is your target audience? Yeah. Like, are you really trying to help the image that your client has of you? And if your image was better, would that change anything? Or are you trying to prove Is a it going to help them? Yeah. Is if you disclose, how is it going to impact your client mm-hmm. or your patient or whatever type of work you do? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I hope that helps. And that is a wrap for today's episode. <laughs> See you next time. Um, yeah. See ya. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap for today's topic. If you want to stay in the loop of anything new and exciting happening with this crazy duo, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Clinically Impressed. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to stay connected, stay hydrated, and always practice safe social work.